Hello, everyone. This is Citizen Reporter, episode 394 for the 10th of October 2011. And just like I did a few episodes ago, I want to remind you that this show is funded by me and whatever work I do outside of this podcast and you, the listener. I've been producing these shows since 2004, and I'm very thankful to have you aboard, whether it's the first time or uh, you've been here for a long time. What you can do to show me that what I'm doing makes sense to you somehow, that you want this show to be there in the future, go to citizenreporter.org, click on Donate. You can use PayPal, you can use Flatter, you can use lots of methods uh, to basically support this program and help keep it going. Now on to today's show. Oh, and just one note, midway through, I changed recorders because one uh, ran out of batteries. But still, the audio, the message that's in there is quite clear and I think quite interesting. So here we go. And so now I'd like to say, people can change anything they want to. And that means everything in the world. People are running about following their little tracks. I am one of them. But we've all got to stop. Just following our own little mouse trail. People can do anything. This is something that I'm beginning to learn. Agora vinha doce vinha da Iu. Agora a vírgula foi sumando de Agora a vírgula vai ser virgindade. So, hello everyone, Uh, welcome back to the program, and today it's an in-person interview, Uh, I'm here, I'm not alone, I'm in Lisbon, uh, Portugal, and we're sitting in a beautiful park, uh, the Glaudia, in, in... one of the older parts of Lisbon, and I'm here with John Howard Wolf, who I met uh, just today for the first time, and I found him through his writing, which was on a uh, the Luso-American Journal online. I'll put a link to it. And when I read it, I, I, I wanted to meet John. So, so first of all, hi, John. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you for hearing me. <laughs> um, John, what I liked about when I read you and now having had lunch with you and, and, and talking about everything with you is that, among other things... Um, your observations on this country and the world, for that matter, um, are insightful. They're, and they're the kind of observations you can't always get. For example, in the case of Portugal, as both an outsider and an insider, you see it in a way that I think people here can't. Uh, and that's not like a tourist sees it, or a visitor. Um, maybe even like myself, because I haven't lived as a, as a working person for many, many years here. Um, I mean, do you find that you're, you're a good observer of, the, of this country, a good candidate to be the observer? Yeah, if, if you ask me, I think I'm excellent. It, de- <laughs> it depends on what other people think. Uh, I'm a kind of um, rare bird, they say, in some places, and another place they would call me a freak, because the, 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 the concept and the practice that we all know about is Luso-Americans, they're the uh, Portuguese who are, I think, up to three million who have left, and maybe more than that, yeah, all over Europe and many in the East, especially, well, East and West Coast United States. So I, my article was an Americano Luso, and that's a new concept uh, <laughs> because the, uh, whatever reason that led me to come to live here for 35 consecutive years, and not in the city, but in the country raises questions even to myself because it's my life and um, the the insights you get who's who's interested in them that, yeah. that, that's the question um, um, I, I, I often say this I can, I can write a book about our experience and um, who's the audience for that book this leaves me a bit sad, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's go back in time a bit uh, to, to, in order to get there as to how you become that observer that you are. Um, 35 years, you arrived in, in Portugal just after the, the dictator left. Yeah, actually, I think it's 34 years, doesn't matter. Right. Uh, 77, I was married to a Portuguese anyway. Yeah. Uh, 66, but we got tired of academia. I was a university professor and we 
we moved a kind of a gutsy move because I didn't have anything exactly to go to and I ended up, we came here and I was teaching O-levels, the British kind of middle high school for a couple of years before we discovered that was not our cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, that we, uh, this would be for expats then. Yeah, it was for British mostly, yeah. 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 And so we then we... Jo- uh, Portugal was in a turmoil then after the revolution. All of a sudden, so-called freedom, which meant... Um, Drugs, unwanted pregnancy, homosexuality, uh, uh, small and large robberies and larceny. It was new, and they could they had, had illiteracy. <laughs> illiteracy. Well, but the illiteracy was a ghost of the past, was it not? Yeah, or? yeah. But I mean, all of a sudden, they were in the modern world unprepared, and the the um, they were the the farming regions. We were not prepared to, for any other kind of work, so they were they were caught as they approached the European Union, unprepared for almost even for their own national life and for joining the bigger community of Europe, and that that was the reason that we worked in five townships. One of them of the presidents, the Cavaco Silva's <laughs> town, until we we were being hassled by the local teachers. Who wanted to undermine us because we were who were we anyway thinking we could work with their young children and then we had to find our own place. That's when we found a, a quinta, a manor house, mm-hmm. within walls. And there, from working in the communities, we began with 30, 35 children mm-hmm. and a fully trained staff. That was the beginning of a adventures. We we didn't know a starry-eyed American. Yeah. Not that they only learned from uh, me, but I had to learn from them. You didn't know it, but you're working in a communist um, 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 county, county council. Yes. And that's who you're going to have to get along with, and and whose children, as a matter of fact, you will be educating in part. But what did that translate to in terms of how they learn or how you deal with parents? I mean, what what's what's so different? It, I, I had been in four or five countries before I came here where I was always, Americans were, we had to show that we were better than we were. I was in Japan where people wouldn't sit next to me or let their daughters be seen in my presence in 1960. In Spain in the 1950s, the military bases outside of Madrid, they were scared I was a sergeant going to get drunk and destroy their place. So I was brought up on... Hey, I didn't do that. That's not Proving me. Proving yourself. I, so I said, I, I so I had to be a bit of an angel. We had to learn and be friendly. You could consider it a bit artificial, but not really. Mm. We wanted to be integrated, and to be integrated, we had to have the trust of the local authorities and it was the parents of children. Yes. And so once we called the children uh, our passport. The children were our passport. Because if you're treating somebody's child and he wants to come back to school and he cries when the weekend comes and he cries when the long summer holiday comes, then the parents are on our side. And so that from a small group, we, we, we had up to 100 children. Yeah. But it was all in um, on a shoestring. The building was mine. Yes. But the children paid fees. And they were so low... That even the parents sometimes question, oh, how can you do it? Well, we, we, we didn't have books. We made all our own material on a, a um, photocopier. Yes. We didn't have a gymnasium. We did it with our own uh, things in the fields. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Exercise was in the fields. Yeah, we taught English too, dancing and, and things like that. So th- th- there was no, there's no question about our... It, it, our, our, our impact on children everything else was problematical right because what about the rigid bureaucracy of how education is done I mean I can imagine they must have been the central education ministry must have hated you yeah the, the, part, part of fascism is <laughs> a centrally run country even till today there's a ministry of education America never heard of such a thing not even in a state Yes. Not even in our counties 
we have local authorities, I think, in our townships, don't we? Uh, usually, yes. I yeah. come from a city where it was taken over by the state, but yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. so uh, um, here um, we had to show our qualified staff to teach the primary school. Mm-hmm. And then we got that what they call an alvera, which is a license. And we say, now you stay away. Yeah, you're a private school. We now are, yeah, we were co- cooperative. Because huh? co- colegio can be a bad word in Portuguese. Co- colegio is a, is a prep school. It's for rich children. The, uh, the word, the word. Yeah, I'll remember that. Yeah. So we just called ourselves Escola, school of the Quinta de Paso. That's the place. Mm-hmm. So we're just a school of the Quinta de Paso. So it didn't turn off perspective uh, left-leaning um, children and their families who might think here comes another American uh, snow job. Yeah. Uh, so so they, right. But that, that's interesting, though, because, uh, and I wonder if that's changed at all, but here you're talking about a community where people were uh, leery of anything that was elite or... or yeah. Uh, yeah. Because nowadays, I know people in the Lisbon area, they don't consider themselves elite or, at all, or anything like that, but they do send their children to private schools, maybe colleges, because they think, well, this is what's best. Yeah, well, in America, I think I can quote without offending anyone... I, I know some people agnostic or atheist who send their children to parochial schools. Yes, I, I went to one of those. <laughs> yeah, so I understood. I understand. It, what happened was in the 77, when we began, we also had dance, a dance teacher. And dance and ballet and on your toes, well, it wasn't so much that. That was for rich children. Also, um, horse riding. My son is a... Very, uh, learned here he's a dressage rider yeah of course that's not for poor children it, mm. t- today it is today and uh, and golf playing golf <laughs> uh, these were associated with that they're a bit over that but hanging over the Portuguese even today I haven't got to the origin of it is the fear of being exploited the fear of being exploited being run by somebody else controlled by well, here they have the government that did it, and they had a church. Yes. Uh, I'm not so kind to the, what the Catholic Church did to dogmatically training the minds and mm-hmm. training them to be dogmatic. Mm-hmm. And so that is a catechism, catechism, which is okay. My wife is Catholic. Is This is how it is. Mm-hmm. There's no dialogue in that. So they were not open to... And the history books, even today, we're 2011, is a whitewash job mm-hmm. or of all the unpleasant things that the Portuguese... Colonial uh, wars, colonial, uh, war, yeah, war yeah. crimes. Yeah, what they did in Go, or where my wife came, they, they exterminated, worse than the Holocaust, probably, the Moorish. And, uh, I mean, they, they cut, up, cut them up and made curry of their noses and ears. Let's do a little background to that. I mean, it's uh, Goa was a Portuguese colony until 60... 1961. 61. But we're talking about the these colonies were from the 1500s. Ah. Uh, because there was never any war, actually, between India and, and Portugal, but you're talking about not a war, but in fact just a way that the, the military yeah, was... Yeah, in the old days uh, um, the the um, in the voyages of discovery, they took yeah. these they took these places by force. Right, they were uh, kicked out of uh, yeah, Mozambique, in Angola, India. and Cape Verde, all the places. And they until and they were making deals between the different tribes of Indians to to pacify them. Yeah. You know, the problem came only um, in the colonial wars in Africa in the sixties beginning earlier where they were nationalism uh, you know African nationalism and Indian nationalism Nehru just to give you a funny story Nehru the pacifist yes marched in with an army to Goa outnumbered the Portuguese contingent which was uh, very small yes and he took it they they put down their arms they laid down their arms yes uh, but, this, uh, but I lost the point the point is they still feel that they're they're being run, and even now with the Americans coming here, and other uh, German companies and the Volkswagen, it, the big the big employers here are also foreigners in, in Portugal. Uh, but here's an inconsistency, and, and look, it's a country full of inconsistencies. So that's not what I'm pointing out. But um, 
people here, and you tell me if you've seen this, um, I was once told that I'm very American. Fine. One of the reasons was because I came here, and I was talking about, at that time, starting my own something. Uh, I believe it was a magazine or whatever it was. Starting my own... I used that term a lot. And someone said to me, yeah, that's very American of you. Uh, here, we'd rather join an existing. Uh, we hope to get a job at a large... And you, you want to start your own. Um, I get that impression a lot now when I read the news and I follow this, you know, what's called a crisis, uh, financial crisis, that people are disappointed because they wanted to get these jobs. A lot of these jobs are or with the government or with the, the large corporations which aren't here. So that's, a, that's a funny because there is a potential exploitation that people are jumping for. I mean, I guess they don't see it as exploitation. Until this recent crisis, let's say the last 10 years or more, everyone was wanting to be a public servant a, a, a public servant we say in yeah. English yeah. civil servant civil, yeah. civil, civil servant uh, oh I don't have to work too hard I work till I'm 50s I, I'll, um, I can do I have my coffee break I can retire and then I have to think about it. that is being ended because they can't afford it they, they, as we're talking now they're eliminating so much padding pork mm -hmm. that you can't imagine so what they're left with never having been stimulated or encouraged on original thinking. The church also said, you're born the poor, or that God made you like that. Protestantism didn't get in here. Erasmus and Lutherism in the, in the 15, uh, early 1500s didn't make it here. Mm. They were burnt, these people, at the stake. If there is a big difference between Protestant and Catholic, it's the Protestants, uh, uh, the uh, would it be called the book, the famous book on the, the, the capitalist ethic? Hmm. In, in, in among Protestants, God created you to be working on your own and not to be vict victim of God's wishes. You are to create your own well-being. The church did that. And fascism, and they had other dictatorships, uh, authoritarian regimes, and the people... I don't like to use the word povo because that's such a politically charged right. but the average man in the street has never been treated given a fair shake here mm. if, if you and as an American or anyone were really to re realize the extent of it I, I can just tell you uh, in, in, the, in my village in the Algarve we have two watchmakers I guess we call them yes a dying industry yeah okay yeah. these are men never went to school and they repair anything from a swatch to a Omega to a Constantine Vacheron or, or Pendulum from this two centuries ago. And I open my mouth and I say, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And they think we're pulling their leg. They've never been praised mm -hmm. or elevated. And if they went to New York or Paris, they would be worshipped. Mm -hmm. My old cameras, people take them apart, an old Roloflex the Hasselblad and I can't believe it oh the main spring is broken oh you say oh don't worry I'll make you a new one mm -hmm. my house that I lived in in Messinas there was no electricity for six years how did they make cut the bricks and the floor tiles they drove a nail into a board and they scratched the tile, the back, mm -hmm. and then they snapped it, broke it in half to fit the place. Yes. That's how my house was built. Now, would an American worker do that? He wouldn't. So they, but they were never told. This is, I never this saw is, this in my you're, life. You're skilled. You're you're special. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying to people, uh, and what I miss, number one, you you put your finger on it. Private initiative. To have the courage, and um, you, you saw the picture of that quinta I bought. Yes. That old manor house. They laughed at me when I bought it for nothing. Had no roof. Oh, you bought that piece of junk. How are you going to maintain it? How are you going to paint it? I said, well, I don't know. Yeah. But I'll see. Yeah. Now they would like to buy it back. <laughs> it took me 25 years. But what I'm saying is they... They, it's been uh, they use the word inculcado inculcado means like hammered into their head yeah that the, port, the Portuguese say tu no prestas you don't serve for anything <laughs> you don't serve for anything and they actually 
don't have the courage then it's because, I think it's got into the genes a bit sometimes right. that they think really they're inferior that but what you're pointing out through your words and I think people can hear that is that in fact they do so many things so well yeah yeah that's that's the thing right I mean here you're offering a critique but in your critique there is a great amount of praise exactly <laughs> I told you before yeah they should they could make me and it's not a joke a roving ambassador of Portuguese well, commerce or culture and I would sell bring people here and I would uh, enhance the image of their country and their products um, not just on the rustic rustic things but some on the uh, I went to the Azores now it's not for mass tourism it's not for tour groups and there are no monuments <laughs> so all our I won't blame all the Americans but all culture vultures they won't know what to do there right and so I say to them like deep sea divers come up slowly so you don't get the cramps mm -hmm. sit down and look about you maybe this is what you don't have anywhere with money or with uh, you won't have this in your country this is peace and you it's not you did this church and you did that museum and you you move on quickly as you go by in the tour bus and take a right. quick picture out of it the, yeah there's a logic in tourism that's a subject I didn't expect to talk about but there's a logic and you can hear it in language my American friends come to Amsterdam and they and I've said this probably as well they'll say oh yeah we did Paris we did and when they say it even if they don't mean it there's the tone of I'm collecting this place I'm going to I just want to be able to show you that I did yeah. that I was there I show myself perhaps but maybe they're doing it themselves. Um, this is the style of tourism we have in this world it's, it's mostly and they take their picture of the churches they, they went by in a bus yeah I see them I see them right now where they're doing yeah. it I don't know what they say exactly, except that I did I did Amsterdam <laughs> yeah. or I did. Less. And there's a satisfaction that they get from this. So yeah, I yeah. mean, what I'm saying is I wish <laughs> I wish everyone were like you and me. Yeah. Because in in Japan, I uh, people who had been there before me from my own country bombed the country. Yeah. Raped the women, painted their houses, which they never do. Told them that the communal bath is um, not proper. And so I had to, I had that on my back. I had to, uh, carrying that around with me, I had to learn Japanese. I, I had to learn the, uh, what we call the reverences, the, the uh, courtesies, yeah. bowing and so on. To the point that I, my point was I wanted to be friends and I wanted to be invited into their homes, which I was. Every country I've lived in, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about myself, but it, it's, it's a way of approaching... In in uh, Seville, I lived in Seville in a th third-class pension in 1959, <laughs> and the son, who was a good-for-nothing, never worked, he, he went out with me and drank on my money. He did introduce me one day. He said, this, this is uh, John, he's an American, but de pura cepa. Cepa is a, a wine, the vineyard stock. Yes. It's from a good stock, a good a good wine stock. Yeah. It's a way of speaking. Yeah. Okay, probably I'll never forget that. What he meant was I, he, he 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 could accept me because I knew and uh, it, I got into their way of life quite deeply. Mm. Mm. So we're talking we're talking about um, whatever your intention was in the interview is uh, a world problem of globalization, but in uh, bringing people together. Not yeah. in the European Union, which will never work, hmm. because there's such different cultures. America was formed with one colony, colonization, with all the people going there with the same reason, more or less. Here, um, they really don't like all these foreign interventions. It, okay. Hmm. But at the same time, like culturally... Portugal knows that there's a connection, although they may not like everything, but that knows that there's a connection to Spain, and and by proxy, eventually a connection to France. Yeah, you know, here I have to, these are all expressions in Portuguese. Doesn't matter. <laughs> they say with the Spanish, de costas voltadas, with turn our backs yes. turned to each other, yeah. and not only that, they have another one, which is 
nem bom casamento nem bom vento nem bom nem bom vento nem casamento not a good not a good wind comes from Spain nor good marriages <laughs> okay the truth is I have a, a a professor of Spanish right literature and I am well trained in that and they live right few miles over here <laughs> is the border yeah. and they don't know one thing about it not one thing very little yeah uh, it feels far away even though it's not yeah. I uh, mean, now they have a slight it's far away in your mind in their yeah. mind Galicia Galicia right they speak Gallego which is a kind of Portuguese yes. so that we can understand but if they hear the, the Andalusians here from Seville and speaking and the gypsy influence that's just they don't they can't hear mm. it and if they go up north with Basques and the uh, Catalans, which are really very, very little Latin, the yeah. Cat- Catalans are more like Germans. Yeah. Uh, they're very, it's very uh, strange to them. Uh, they, they, they never were encouraged to. Uh, and Spain occupied Portugal yeah. for a period of time. Um. Let me ask you, change of subject slightly. Um, I get a lot of these messages from uh, people of all different walks of life asking me, mostly from America, asking me uh, about how I and why and if if I think that it would be a good idea if they moved to uh, any number of European countries. Um, and you know this old issue because, because I think you always get these questions and I get these questions and it's... You come from Philadelphia... Um, you were even uh, you were working in the United States. You, were, you mentioned the military as yeah. well. You were a teacher of Spanish at the Kalamazoo. Uh, yeah. uh, was that university? And Wesleyan near you. Wesleyan, yeah, yeah, I know that one. Um, people will say, "Well, why would you leave?" Uh, um, now you have people in America who say you should never leave, and then you have those that go, "I'm curious, but wouldn't you know? Why would I? Would it really work? How would I live?" Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you came for love. That was the first thing. Yeah. I, uh, how can I say? I live in the Algarve, southern Portugal, among um, various foreign colonies. There's no, yes. there's no other word for it. Yes. The British are especially good at it. They make gate gateway entrances. Yes, yes, in, gated in, communities. In, right, gated yeah. communities, yeah, okay. Um, the Swedish do it. The Finnish do it. There's some um, Germans do it. And they shop at their own shops. Uh, they're not. I, I was just yesterday with an Englishman. I said, um, "And if the prices go up here and the weather changes, you do love Portugal?" Oh, he said, "I feel bad about that sometimes." Because they would leave. You mean they would leave because they aren't. In, they didn't come. Well, but isn't that survival? Okay, okay, that's another story. But Portuguese they're, they're, do it, they're right? not here because of the. Um, okay. But you but, didn't move here for survival. That's no, the, no, you, no. You wrote no, that. I right? married a Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. I got the disillusion with America. Um, my wife still is not sure why we left America, but, uh, you know. <laughs> it was a feeling. Uh, but I had a, a more natural reason for it. But I have people in Philadelphia, and not only there, who are thinking, as you said, of moving out. Mm-hmm. Could we make it? Where would we be? Yeah. And then you read in the New York Times and the best places to, to, to settle, I just saw recently. Yeah. Kashkaish was in the news. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because they mostly speaking a lot of English. It's a beach There's, community right nearby. The here. Is a hospital. Yeah. And the the best place is Vienna. Why? Because of the healthcare and cultural events. Okay. So what? Why do you want to leave anyway? Is it for getting your comforts cheaper, or is it for a genuine love of another culture? They people have to, I think, deal with that first. Because if they're not. If they're only like um, you know creature comforts, I can get my um, I can get my Cheerios and I can get my um, uh, homogenized milk and I can get my tang and I can get uh, you know uh, sanitized uh, uh, I don't know what I can go to my church. Yes. Well then, uh, if you ask me, they shouldn't come out. But right. But I have a lot of people asking me. It they may be also slightly unhappy. Yes. In uh, America, Philadelphia is the case. They, these people have traveled in Italy and they've uh, had the olive oil and the local cheeses. There are and, things and, they and, like. And, yeah. people, and they, they feel kind of nice. If you gave me any foreigner for a period of time and I could take them around. My cousin was here last year. He thought this was a paradise. Mm-hmm. He thought it was a paradise. We took the local place to eat. Not, nothing expensive. 
food here and views here. Yeah. And the quality of life. Uh, no. But it's not a paradise. It, it, it's a paradise if you have some money. Right. If you have to work here, it's a hell. Yeah. Uh, I said that in those words recently. If you have not a lot of money, but if you could get your infrastructures, get your house and um, have some health care. It's quite cheap living and very high quality. Yeah. Very high quality. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, the people who try and make it in these cities, and they're even smaller cities, what's required of you, not only, you know, at work and time at work, but also financially, house, insure, all these things. Well, not insure, well, yeah, auto insurance and so on. Um, this requires a real, you know, a real salary and so on. But people living out in the country should be able to live on a lot less in this country yeah, yeah, and they yeah. do yeah we we have our uh, what they call the infrastructures uh, paid for yeah. so we we buy at the local markets and, yeah. and we we're not cheapskates but we're living very cheaply yeah really really we uh, you know fresh fresh food we're eating fresh food here yes uh, it sounds like a joke not processed and not um, uh, frozen over from some other date uh, and uh, now if, if that fits into your pattern of um, quality of life we're, we're talking it all comes back to not countries ethos but uh, uh, people who are open to being flexible uh, to, to, adapt to other cultures and uh, uh, you know I went to Quaker school I, went, I was all educated by the Quakers yeah I'm not Quaker but th th they give you a great spirit Mm -hmm. Of fraternity, uh, they, you know, a little bit of God in everybody. They say. We were talking about a bit of a disillusionment, um, and it's not focused on one country. You know, a lot of no. people now, no. some think that uh, the U.S. is a lost cause. Maybe they look to Europe. Some people think Europe is a lost cause. They look to Asia. Yeah. They look anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me take it to a very specific area. You were a university uh, teacher in uh, the United States. Um, then you came here. You've had plenty of students who have gone on to university, I imagine. Yeah. What I can remember as a kid is we were told you should go to college. You should go to university. It's the right thing to do. As a matter of fact, it's almost wrong not to. Yeah. And here we come to a time in history where, at least in the Western world, we come out of college and university. Some of us went in just because we thought that's what we needed to do for the right job that we want. Others, you know, went because we wanted to learn something uh, more specific. Um, but now it feels like we were wrong, or our parents were wrong. Uh, university is not the answer. No, nothing is the answer for anything, yeah. depending on how you, how you take advantage of it. For me, I went to Oberlin College in Ohio in the, in the 50s. It was a very liberal place, very nonconformist. It, it's absolutely, as we say in Portuguese, marked my life positively. Freedom of thinking and so on. Uh, now, if you go to, in, in the 50s and 60s, there was plenty of work around, and you could go to university and enjoy learning. And you could study all different kinds of things, what I did. Today, already in the high school, you're in a pre-professional grid. And when you go to college, you're preparing for a job. Mm -hmm. uh, it, okay, that has to do with civilizational problems. And so they, they, uh, they are specialists, especially the ones who are destroying our country, the economists and the financial advisors. They know numbers and balance sheets. And they aren't even trained, uh, as my son, in international relations. Mm. Economic blocks, political blocks, geopolitics. My son has a philosophy, European law, history, all in the, in the mesh of his course. Oh, oops. <laughs> so that, uh, if you... <laughs> I say always step, two steps backwards. If you're going to study because you have curiosity and you devour information and books and lectures and you can't wait for the next one then it's the right thing to do if you're going for getting a job don't come to me because I uh, uh, your job will be just that 
and you can't do anything else normally, can't do much anything else. Mm. That's my opinion. So it's not a question of go, college. Anyway, the cost, uh, what I'm reading now, 30, 40, 50, I think even $60,000 uh, Harvard and Wesleyan, my university. Nice. This is a scandal. Yeah. When I came to Portugal and my son paid a few hundred dollars and the high school was free and university is free, my health my, my, my care is practically, you know, little. Hmm. Somebody has to decide the values of uh, where we don't have health care, we don't have a national health, and we, most half of our people don't have care. It does come down to kind of making a value judgment. Mm-hmm. Not, not that this is bad and that's good, or America, no. Uh, America gave me what I consider the, the opening to culture. I took it that way, and I could take it that way. But today, I'm a bit sorry for uh, the, uh, the t- students and teachers who are just out for a job. I don't know if they're out to, they're not out to save the, the world or save, um, not altruistic and so on, uh, uh, you know, cooperation and uh, stakeholding and um, community development mentality. We were, our school was a cooperative and I was a member of the International Cooperative Alliance. I went to Tokyo, I went to Bu- uh, Budapest, I went to Krakow, I went to, I don't know, many places with people in the cooperative sec- sector, especially the Scandinavians were big. Yes. Okay, they do, they also get into big business, but they're in collective thinking mm-hmm. they're in collective thinking I think it's a dying race that's what I wondered when you would go to these conferences you'd get to hear how it's yeah, going and I was trained in literature and I would bring uh, examples from the Don Quixote uh, mm-hmm. story and they thought who let this creep into our uh, conference we're talking here economics so they were a bit offended by not by me but by somebody who might have, have other perspectives on the business world business school MBA it's practically a dirty word today. You're learning how to make profit and optimize a company, which is okay. Just going to give you one more side. My brother invented and is a millionaire many times over from Checkpoint Security Systems. Right. I can't tell you the millions he's given to the city of Philadelphia. The Kimmel Center, two or three other theaters, the Museum of Art, the Academy of Music, scholarships in the community for poor kids who couldn't afford to go to schools. And so in in the old days, turn of the century, we had Lessing Rosenwalds, who owned Sears and Roebuck. He practically educated the blacks in America Mm. with the money he made. Mm -hmm. Carnegie, Rockefeller. Right. And, And we have people like that now, I guess. And I say like that, we have people with the money. But... What's odd is in America, you, you get, you know, the, the Facebook guy uh, gives a couple of million uh, yeah. to the city of Newark. And you know what I thought at that time? Well, okay, that's, that's money, that's nice. But then I thought, why does the city of Newark need a millionaire or a billionaire uh, to save its educational system? Why can't it do it itself or why can't the country or yeah, the state yeah, do it. Yeah. And in fact, what this, I mean, what this money has created is a side effect of, you know, they're scrambling to yeah. manage it correctly, to hire consultants to manage it. So by the time the money goes into a school, who knows? But that's where it's weird because you've just pointed to a rich tradition, rich in, in more than one sense, that worked yeah. of, of uh, private people giving back or yeah. giving in. Um, and I'm talking about an example where I think it was a problem. Um, the the sub, uh, a British friend of mine here, uh, we, uh, liberal in England and liberal in America are quite different. Right. And I, I didn't know it, but I, I knew they were different. And I went to read about it. The one is uh, our trade union movement does not have any socialism. In, we never had any socialism in the back in our liberal thing. We had the um, liberal free enterprise, mm-hmm. which now has become neoliberal, which is dog eat dog and I'm okay, Jack. And you, I don't know about you. Our founding was always hostile to the idea of a kind of socialism, of, of social consciousness. I think it's in the root of the, our mainstream in America. I, I've been told by people of Portuguese origin who own steel companies, Ben O'Leal, he's, uh, he's the owner of Portuguese origin in America who owns one of the steel companies. Mm-hmm. 
and he said, John, look at your look at your talking from Philadelphia with your liberal views. Who do you think you you, you represent? And he put he showed his pinched his fingers together like this. He said, the rest of America is not. Like, I don't agree with you. It's not how you think. So you yeah. uh, don't think you were talking about the country, right? And so, so you don't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a question of. Um, I'm saying really, there's no way. I don't see the way out of it, and it's not condemning. But we, we. How do you change? You're trying to do it with your work. You're getting uh, inside stories hmm. that probably no one ever heard. Maybe. Right. And I maybe know. still won't hear, of course. Yeah. So. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to be starry-eyed idealists and think we're going to change the world. I th I'm about giving up my... Um, right. A dis quite disillusioned, I am. Yeah. yeah, the school, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it closed because the Ministry of Education didn't care one thing about us. We got our license. Yeah. They, uh, uh, I funded the school. The parents paid for fees. They got free education for years with no cost to them. It's a scandal. And you yourself got no help? Uh, no. 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 So, uh, in the, I think in the United States, those community efforts would have been helped. I know. Ah, it's, okay. I know it is a Montessori school near my home. They got help from the township. Rosenwald, the rich, the, my neighbor, if the Sears Roebuck, he gave us 50 acres and his museum and his swimming pool and his golf course. He gave it to the township. He gave it. Yeah. Yeah. And he gave his art collection, which was one of the greatest ones next to the Gulbenkian, yeah. with whom he was fa uh, fa uh, f uh, friendly here in Elizabeth. He gave it to the National Gallery in Washington. He gave he gave it. Of course, he got a tax break. But Fine. right, right. That's very American. Different mentality. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. here we have telecom, and they give the football players. <laughs> PT. Some shirts. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But we're a bit off the subject, but it is the story of, um, uh, the bigger story of what you're interviewing me, uh, it, it's a, not my story, it's a, something that's in your story. It's uh, what you've uh, seen, right? Yeah. yeah. Everyone could enjoy what I've been able to enjoy, but they have to adjust their sensitivities and their outlook and get rid of, clean out some cobwebs of prejudices concepts that have been put into them and it's very hard for people to modify mm. I actually uh, without boasting I'm a pretty good example because I've been well accepted everywhere I've been if they want to call me an American they don't do it offensively right um, hey I told uh, the Portuguese American paper she said Hey, where did you learn Portuguese like that? I, I know how difficult it is. I teach it, and your your Portuguese is impeccable. Thank you. It's from a it's from a native speaker. Yeah. Okay, so we, uh, any, everyone has some talent in them, and if they could, um, not just off the subject, everyone could change. But I, I don't know. You you seem to be working at it. You yourself. The interview interview should be of you, really. No, <laughs> no, because. Anything that I am is as a result of, besides family, yeah. the, the, the people that I've met. So, so I'm... And your parents were immigrants. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah see? Yeah, yeah. You're first generation. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's a My, transformation. It's, it's yeah. miraculous. Well, I fit in neither country, uh, but I can fit in in either country. No, but you do. You do fit in other both countries. Oh, but in my mind... Uh, Oftentimes, I think, yeah, I better not tell these people what I really think or, or what I'm really feeling because I feel completely outside. But I know the Americans that also feel outside in their own country. Um, I think it was my mother who told me when I was a kid, it's a disadvantage and it's an advantage. You're, mostly it's an advantage. You're Portuguese. We are Portuguese. We raise you uh, our way. And here in the United States, you are American, but you have a different... You're seeing it through different eyes, very different eyes. Then you go to Portugal... And although you're Portuguese, you're different, and you know you'll feel it, and you get to see these places as the outsider, both you know in both ways. Yeah. But the Portuguese today are making a big fuss against, for instance, uh, Brazilians, Ukrainians, Romanians, and I don't know what else. But if they would just look a few, a century or less back, yeah. and look at their names, 
yeah. look at their names in a, in a phone book or anywhere else. Um, many of them are Jewish names. Mm -hmm. They don't know it. They don't know it, right. Some are from um, Be uh, Belgium, Brun. Yeah. And, and uh, Brankamp is a big street in Lisbon. Yeah. The whole world has been yeah. coming to Portugal for a and long time. And so they're time. Visigoths, and they were Phoenician. <laughs> They're, They're African. Carthaginian, yeah, yeah. and many are uh, Moorish. Yes, yes, yes. And, yes. And, and black. Yes. This city was 10 or 20 percent black in the, in the 1500s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they, they had many illegitimate children, sure. and if they were male, they were legitimized. Yeah. And so you look at these people who have a Negroid character, they should be proud of it. Yeah. Proud of it. But they, they, right, right. Well, there's this impression that has survived in Europe for quite a long time, France, for example, that if you're French, you're French. But if you're French, there's a bigger story to that, just like being American. Yeah. Your ancestors are from somewhere else. Maybe you have to go back further, but yeah. they're there. Um, yeah, I used to go to a Moroccan barber in, uh, in, in Amsterdam. There are many. Yeah. And uh, he used to say, and he may have just been making conversation, being polite, but he used to say, uh, you know, this face, what is in this hair, what is this? What am I looking at? And I said, this is a Portuguese face, uh, the result of two Portuguese parents. Yeah, yeah. And then all of my ancestors. And he goes, Moroccan. And I said, including Moroccan. And he goes, yeah. we're brothers. And I, oh, you know, nice. and I said to myself, nice. it could be just one of those moments you're just making conversation. But what he said, in fact, made a lot of sense. It makes perfect sense, and few people will accept it, but it's true. Look, my, the steel manufacturer in Philadelphia, his name is Ben O'Leal. You can hear it's a, uh, Ben, the son of Leo. Okay. He, he is uh, from Ceuta. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are still many Jews there. Now, what does, what does that make us anymore you know what is it he's an American now my wife is from a Portuguese family 500 years in Goa her grandmother was Persian mm -hmm. Persian or Iranian and I don't know what else was mixed in there maybe even Russian they thought something and my children are born of my wife and me two different religions two different colors she's a bit dark and brought up in America and with what papers they have uh, what is what is anybody anymore yes what is anybody so they better cool it and say I, I'm sitting I wrote a book which ends like this about Portugal I said look life is now at this table I'm sitting here having a drink with you and we're having fun and we're talking and I don't know about the rest and we can't because of this or what kind of, it's real at the table we're having a great time and this the, the life is just right this mm -hmm. and so don't try to read into it necessarily uh, any other histories or what so uh, you're getting along and you're having a good time and the food is good and the conversation is nice mm -hmm. and they understand you and you make yourself understood that's it that's mm -hmm. the end of the story mm -hmm. that's the story I would tell people can they relax? Look, I'll tell you one more story. I was in Japan in uh, outside of Tokyo in the military intelligence barracks and one Italian would not eat sushi. Raw, 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 raw fish. Didn't know it. Didn't so, know it, no. Yeah. So we tied him to his bed. Two feet and two arms and we pushed sushi into his mouth. Oh, he would then eat it three times a day for the rest of his years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He would not eat anything else. Yeah. Okay, it's a bit crude. No, right. But the fact is, for some reason he had this prejudice against it. And yet, when he got exposed to it that way... Yeah. Uh, another one, I had a Finnish colleague from uh, Minnesota. He was really Finnish. He could, and he was all the GIs going off and sleeping with the Japanese girls. And he's going to his Lutheran church and casting the Satan's cast over them until he got seduced sort of as it were by a girl who he fell in love with like he never came out of it and married her for his whole life yeah <laughs> okay. well, that was good um, the last thought and, and yeah. there's no good answer to this but you've touched upon it now with, with your, your the closing statement <laughs> um, we know all this about where we come from and, and how connected we all are in this world. Yeah. We can, we live in an era where we probably know more than 
than they did in the past. Um, yeah. Maybe, if we want to know. Uh, yet, I had even thought as a kid, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to come here, I thought that we would be uh, dropping a lot of the talk between countries as if we're so different, as if we're not connected to one another, as if I don't care what happens in uh, Serbia because I live in the Netherlands. No, I care about Serbia. They're, they're a few people removed from me, you know, we're family. Um, but yet, despite what I've just said, it still feels like we live in an era where borders, even within Europe, but, but let's talk about the world, are more exaggerated than ever. Yeah. Uh, uh, I call them precincts. Yeah. And what do you call um, What's the uh, stone wall? There's stonewalling going on. Yeah. Uh, acting like, you know, the American Southwest uh, was never Mexican. Or yeah, yeah. whatever the case may be, you know. That, yeah. So, uh, uh, to finish up what you say... It's worse than it's ever been, then. Is that the conclusion? I, I, I think so. And knowledge... My wife always picks me, hey, there you are, you, you, there you come with your university lectures. Because <laughs> I've read... I've, I'm, I'm very well read. There you come with your book knowledge. And she's... <laughs> Uh, uh, different knowledge, but she's also she she published a book. By the way, I didn't. She published a book on Goa, here. Yeah. Uh, she said she because she's more feeling among people. Right. And, and, and so she's made a bridge with Hindus and Moors, uh, uh, Islamic people. She was brought up with them altogether. And so she said it's not because uh, you read in Portugal in 1560 did this to the Moors and that, all that history. Of course, that's uh, we don't throw that out, knowledge, we don't throw it out, but it's not the whole story. And this academic approach to solving the problems, he calls it that. There, there goes the, universe, the professor lecturing again. She doesn't take it as a, the end word, as the last word. Yeah. There's another uh, side to it, and she taught me to be what I am absolutely never in my blood, which is a Latin. <laughs> I've been brought, taught what it is to be a Latin. It is a outlook. I'm Germanic background, mm -hmm. both my ancestors, both sides. There's a big difference. And for somebody Nordic to be seduced into the southern hemisphere way, we used to get lost driving from Sevilla to Madrid, and I get lost somewhere in Rosal de la Frontera. Oh, I said, we aren't going to make it a, a big, a big simus because we're not going to make Madrid. They said, look, look where we are, how beautiful. Mm -hmm, we'll mm -hmm. sit down and have a picnic. We'll get there some other day. <laughs> okay, that's it. We, an American is on the treadmill to, in his career to get somewhere. If he doesn't get there sometimes, it's a big failure, his life. Right. And the Latin is enjoying the trip. He doesn't know where, where even he's going. He's enjoying the trip. That's the biggest metaphor I can give. And not only that, he's drinking along the way, too, <laughs> and enjoying it uh, on the job. Yeah. So there's a big difference between uh, Anglo-Saxon, uh, Teutonic, or Germanic, Northern mentality. That's why they're so rich. Germany works well, mm. but they can learn a lot from Latins and other continents. But we're now talking about Portugal, so it's a Latin culture. Yeah. And it is something that can be hmm. assimilated and can be learned. I did a degree and then I became a university professor. We're not trained for that. I, came, I became here a, basically a primary school teacher and even kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And if you ask me, if I had my life to do over again, what would you do? I would have become a primary school teacher mm -hmm. without even thinking twice. This was the greatest experience of my life, but we had to I had to train myself hundreds of books on education on philosophy with children and, yeah. uh, and it's more challenging than being a university professor because there they pay money and you can let them learn or not learn. you yeah. don't have to wake them up when they sleep in your yeah. class, which they used to do to me, yeah. but not with children. You're having young people in your charge and you better be very careful yeah and do well and it, it seems like the things that you do in that circumstance with young people the youngest huh? yeah uh 
has the most impact. Once you get them at university, you don't really change people as much. As much. But when you deal with the kids, there you have an impact. You could really, yeah. depending on how you teach them. Yeah, try not to be tendentious or you know, you know, be um, slanted towards uh, you know. Trying to make them something, you know, politically yeah. this or that. But uh, I taught what you, you and I would understand as c- cognition. But it was, it was called the magic place. And we learned how to distinguish hawks from eagles in silhouette. We learned how to make paper telephones in English. Yeah. yeah. And we learned how to count how many mosaics, uh, tiles are on the floor without making wild guesses. How to make logical estimates. Right. And I have a notebooks full of that. And so they, they used their mind. I was just uh, last week here with the mother who is an engineer of the uh, ambiente, uh, uh, environmental engineer. Three of her four children went to our school. Two are engineers, one is just finished medicine. And we, they're grateful. Yeah. They, they consider that we st- helped along the way. Oriented them to yeah. be, uh, make things interesting in life, and to, yeah. be, to be curious. Yeah. This, you know, end up talking about myself, but uh, uh, I wish you were contagious more than right. We met an old colleague of my wife's uh, last week who was Mozambican. She was brought up in Portugal, but she, she moved back. And she's working in the bush. She, she was going to be the Minister of Culture. She's publishing a book on botany and so on. And I have a book of English. I, I have two books published. So, do it yourself type. Yeah. I said, get me a job in the bush with you. I'll, f- I'll fly there two or three times a month, orient the teachers. I do, we don't need money because your daughter doesn't get money. I'll work with your university teachers who are training to teach. That's what I want to do, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can, and then they, you, t- you touch them on something they want. That's a passport, I call it a passport. You, yeah. you, you're going to some working with people something that they, you can help them have it. Yes. That's funny. You earlier in the beginning mentioned that they were your passport, and in the end, that which you taught became their passport. I mean... Uh, That's right. That's, <laughs> it's their way to me. It's their, it's their way to me. But, uh, yeah. Oh. But children, of course, uh, uh, nothing like a child running, uh, coming to hug you and wanting to be in school. I mean, what, yeah. Uh, wanting to be in school. I am not used but, to that when I was a kid. Getting a higher degree or getting yeah. some... Uh, um, prize for something. I, I don't, yeah. don't think that. But we're living in a material world, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I understand people are worried about their paycheck and about their job and food on the table. So my words are a bit too uh, idealistic. Hmm. And I, I don't know what to, to say about that. Yeah. To people, because I'm, I'm financially I'm okay. I have not have to worry too much. So I'm obviously not the person to talk to when these people are worrying about their food tomorrow. Yeah. We're, we're having bread lines here. Soup kitchens. Yeah. Lisbon. Huh. I didn't know that. Many of them. One meal a day at the most people are getting and, and nowhere to sleep. Yeah. And meanwhile no one no one seems to be right. upset. Yeah. Yeah, they're eating their ice cream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh. All right. All right, well, John Howard Wolf, thank you so much. Uh, it's a great honor to, to no, meet you. The, the, the uh, honor was mine to, to meet you and to know about your work. So uh, if you learned about me, but I'm going to learn about what you're doing. All right, it's well, very let's, important. let's carry that on you're, now. You're a bridge and you're a catalyst type thank thing. You. That's important. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> you really, I mean it. Atravessou todas as ondas Cruzou as monções e arcoou as baleias Cantava de noite uma canção mágica Que chama as redes os bandos de muralhas Contou-me histórias de grutas azuis Onde as medusas estão de guardas marazinhas e de mulheres com